Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series in Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's show we continue our study of Parshat Masay with Shishi, the sixth Aliyah, beginning in Parak Lamed Hay, chapter 35, Pasuk Tet, verse 9. The topic will be the cities of refuge, Arei Miklat, and the laws associated with those cities. By the Ben Adonai Moshe Lemor, God told Moshe, saying, the Ben Adonai Yisrael, speak to Bnei Yisrael and tell them, Ki atem ovrimete yardein artsa kanan, when you cross the Jordan River to the land of Canaan, you shall arrange for yourselves cities, cities of refuge, they should be for you. In order that a murderer can run there, someone who kills somebody else in an unintentional manner. Shkaga is when you did something unintentionally. Mizid is when something is done intentionally. And these cities will be for refuge or for protection from the Goel Hadam, the person who has the right to avenge the death of his relative. And therefore, the murderer should not be put to death until he stands to trial in front of the congregation and receives due process. In other words, if someone murders somebody else, there's a law that the Goel Hadam, the person's relative, has the right to kill the murderer. Therefore, the person who committed murder in case that murder was unintentional, needs some refuge or some manner in which he can save himself. Therefore, we set aside six different cities in different parts of the land on the eastern and western side of the Jordan River. And should someone kill somebody else unintentionally, they can run away to that city and protect themselves until they stand trial. The cities that you have to set aside for this, six cities of refuge shall be for you. Three of those cities you should put on the other side of the Jordan, that's on the eastern bank, and the other three cities put in the land of Canaan, that's on the western bank, these will be cities of refuge. In Sefer Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of chapter 4, after he completes his first speech, before beginning his second speech, sets aside the three cities of refuge in Ebrayardim. The other three cities won't be set aside until the end of Sefer Yoshua. Who are these cities for? Pasik Tetvav. Livnei Yisrael, not only for the children of Israel, velager velatoshav betocham, and also for the stranger and inhabitant among them. Tiyena sheish harim ha'elah lemiklat. These cities will be for refuge for everybody. Lonu shama koma kedefesh bishkaga, a place for refuge anybody who kills another person unintentionally. Pasik Tetzayin. Now that we mentioned that the cities of refuge are for murder committed unintentionally, we have to clarify what happens if someone commits intentional murder. Should a person use some iron implement, in other words, a piece of metal that can cause death, which implies that he's assaulting intentionally to kill the other person, should he do that and the person die, he is considered a murderer. That murder should be put to death again through due process after he's taken out of the Ermiklat and brought to trial. Not only if it's an iron implement, also if he takes a stone, a stone which is heavy enough and strong enough to kill somebody, that is also considered intentional murder. That murder should also be put to death. But not only if it's metal, or not only if it's a heavy rock, even from wood, or should it be a hand-sized piece of wood? 
אשר ימות בו, היכהו ויומות, should he hit him with a piece of wood that's strong enough to kill somebody, רוצחו, he also is considered a murderer, מות יומת הרוצח, that person again should be put to death. גואל הדם, הוא ימית את הרוצח, the avenger of the blood, the גואל הדם, he is the one that should kill the murderer, ופיגובו, הוא ימיתנו, when he encounters him, when he meets him, he is allowed to kill him for killing his relative. ואם בשנאה יהדופנו, if someone pushed another out of hatred, או השליך עליו בצדיה וימות, or he threw something at him, or the anger at his fellow man, he threw an object at him, and that person died from the impact, or even without any instrument at all, he simply punched him with his own hand out of anger, and the person he hit died, the person assaulting his friend is considered a murderer, the Goel Adam again, the avenger of his blood, is permitted to kill the murderer when he encounters him. Those were the cases of Mezid. Now we're going to return to Shogeg. But if, sort of accidentally, or suddenly, without hatred, a person pushed his friend, or he threw an object at his friend, but it wasn't an ambush, it wasn't intentional trying to hurt him, or even with a stone that one could kill someone with, but it was without seeing that he was there, but that stone hit him and the person died, and that person was not his enemy, not someone out to get him, then that case has to go to court to make sure that this was not intentional. The court representing the congregation, they must judge between the person who assaulted and between the avenger of the blood, the relative of the person who was killed, according to all these laws, and they have to make the decision, was this intentional or not intentional, does he go to the city of refuge, or is he put to death? The assembly now, or which becomes Beitin, they must save the murderer, for the person, from the Gol Adam who wants to avenge him. The court has to return the person who committed murder unintentionally back to the city of refuge that he ran away to here in the first place. He has to remain there and dwell there until the Kohen Gadol dies, the high priest who was anointed with the sacred oil, with the Shemen HaMishcha, when the Kohen dies, the person can go back home, but up until that time, until the Kohen Gadol dies, he has to live and dwell in the Ir Miklat. But should the murder who was sent back to the city of refuge because it was unintentional, should he leave the border of that city that he ran away to? And if the Goel Adam found him outside the borders of that city, and when meeting him, the Goel Adam killed the murderer, he cannot be convicted for murder because if the murderer leaves the city of refuge, the Goel Adam has the right to kill him. Because the Torah stipulated that he must stay in the city of refuge, Ad Mota Kohen Agadol until the Kohen Gadol dies. Vachrei Mota Kohen Agadol Yoshuv Harotzeach El Irachuzoto. After the Kohen Gadol dies, then the murderer can return to the city of his inheritance. Now in Pasuk Chavtet we summarize these laws. Vayu Ela Lachem Nuchukat Mishpat Lodorotechem. These laws shall be for you 
Echukat Mishpat, we'll discuss that phrase in a minute, for all generations. Everywhere you dwell, these laws of Shogeg and Mezid shall apply to the entire nation of Israel, wherever they may be. What is the meaning of Chukat Mishpat? Before we had Chukat Torah, and here we have Chukat Mishpat. A Chuk is something, a statute that's set that doesn't change. A Mishpat is a law which is based on common sense. The laws of murder, intentional and unintentional, is a Mishpat. And that's decided through common sense by Dayanim. A chok is something said by the Torah. It could make sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Like the laws of becoming Kameh when you touch a dead body. That's a chok. It's said. It doesn't change. The chok in these laws is the stipulation that when the Kohen Kadol dies, the murderer is allowed to go back to a city. The decision whether he was intentional or not intentional, that we call Mishpat. But the law that a person goes back home to a city after the Kohen Kadol dies, that's called a chok. Therefore, this law that we just described is a chukat mishpat. Just like before we had a Torah, a procedure of how to make the ether for Parah Duma, and in that procedure, there was a chok that someone preparing this mixture or involved in sprinkling it, he becomes tamay. That's a chok within the Torah. Here we have a chok within the mishpat. Pasek Lamed, kol nefesh, lefi edim If we're going to kill the murderer, it has to be someone who killed somebody in front of witnesses. But one witness is not enough to convict the murder. Those laws we have in Masechet Sanhedrin. Should someone be found guilty and deserve to be put to death, we cannot take ransom money from that person instead of putting him to death. Because he is evil and has to be put to death. He must be put to death and there's no amount of money that he can offer to buy his life back. Nor can we take ransom money instead of running away to a city of refuge. He can't put money up and say, listen, let me give you this money instead of me staying in the city of refuge. Up until the coin dies. In other words, you can't use ransom money instead of the death penalty. And you can't take ransom money instead of exile to the city of refuge. Because if you do that, this would defile the land. As Pasek Lamed Gimel and Lamed Dalet explain, you shall not defile the land which you are living in because the blood, that is what defiles the land. The land will not atone itself from the blood that was spilled in the land only with the blood of the person who spilled it. In other words, when a murder is committed and it's intentional, the only way the land will be quiet and justice will be done is when the person who committed the murder is put to death. But if we don't put that person to death and we take money instead, the land has not been atoned from its blood. Should you commit murder, yet take ransom money instead of putting the murder to death, this will defile the land. And therefore, the Torah concludes, do not contaminate the land. The land that you're living in, not only you're living there, but I'm also dwelling there. I am God and I'm dwelling among the people of Israel, you're the nation chosen by me to represent me, I'm dwelling among you because I chose you, that you are my nation, and you have to act in an exemplary manner. Should you allow murder to take place in your society, and you don't follow the laws to put an end to that murder, then that will defile the land, and I will not continue to dwell among you if you don't act in a way that's fitting for me to deserve to dwell in your midst. Here we see at the conclusion of a set of very technical laws 
But when we put people to death between intentional and unintentional murder, we close with a very meaningful ending that explains the connection between a nation representing God and the society that they're creating. In order to be worthy of God's Shekhinah, we must make sure that murder does not take place in our land. This concludes Shishi, and tomorrow we continue with Shvi as we return to the story of the inheritance of the daughters of Sofchad, and we return to the topic of the inheritance of the daughters of Menasheh.